0: Oh dear. (sighs) Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, the show where we discuss everything there is to know about app development. I'm your host Rob J, and in this episode... Okay, so this episode was supposed to be an interview with Teresa Wu, the lead engineer at Tide. However, it seems that Squadcast recorded all of the audio on Teresa's part and all of the video on both of our parts, but none of the audio on my part. So while I try and recover that audio so you guys can hear the great conversation that we had, this episode was originally going to be bonus content, but this is now this Wednesday's content because I didn't want to miss another Wednesday. So this is the interview that I had on the mentoring developers podcast. We get into my Android experience, how I got into app development, how I passed on an opportunity to be the fifth man in a five man startup that was then sold for $14 million about six months later and much, much more. So now onto the show. <laughs> This is
1: episode 83 of the Mentoring Developers podcast. Welcome. Welcome to Mentoring Developers, the podcast for new and aspiring software developers, where we discuss your struggles, anxieties, and career choices. And now, here's your host,
0: Arsalan Ahmed.
1: Hi, everyone. In this episode of Mentoring Developers, I'll be talking to Rob Joseph. Rob is a self-taught Android developer that has been a freelancer since 2012. He's worked with startups. He's worked with big corporations and founders and so on. And he also releases his own apps. And he has a very, very interesting story about how he got started because he's a tech enthusiast and is also a health and fitness fanatic and all that good stuff. But we'll get into that in the podcast episode itself. So this is going to be exciting. All right, let's start. Hi everyone. Welcome again to another episode of mentoring developers. This is a podcast for you and a YouTube show. If you are interested in learning how to be a developer, or if you want to get ahead in your field and you're not sure come to the right place today, I have a special guest all the way from the UK, Rob Joseph. Rob, how are you?
0: I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Oh, thank you so much for taking the time out and and spending the time with us. Uh, there is something very interesting in your story, something to do with the opportunity to join a startup company at its initial phase that you passed on to do freelancing, And then later on, you you could have made a lot of money. So tell us about that.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Um, So I guess I should I should start by saying that I started my kind of freelance developer journey in 2012, Um, and at the same time, I was releasing apps to build portfolio. So I was just building apps and releasing them on the Play Store, and one of them did pretty well, um, and it got a lot of traction, and it got a lot of kind of um, news websites and whatnot were writing about it. And I got an email one day in my inbox from a guy who was like, I used to work at Google, I've seen your app, it's pretty cool, I'm thinking of starting a startup, there's me and a guy from Yahoo and a guy from somewhere else, I think there was four of them, and they were like, you know, if you were in San Francisco, which obviously I'm not, I I'm I was in London, And they were like, if you're in San Francisco, we would love to have you on board. So I was like, alright, cool, that sounds really interesting, so I, I went to San Francisco um, to basically meet them and find out kind of what it was about. And so I met them and the guy was like, he was super cool and he was he basically said to me, we don't really know what we want to build, we want to build something to do with notifications, which you obviously know about because one of the apps that I had at the time was to do with notifications. And he was like, you know, if you were here, then we would love to work with you. That was it. It wasn't like a formal, you know, move here and we'll pay you and all that kind of stuff. It was a startup, right? So it was like, if you happen to be here, then you could be in. So I was, okay, cool, um, thanks, I went home. And at the time, I'm, I'm probably 21, 22 years old, so for me to just be like, oh, I'm going to move to San Francisco and start working on this startup with this guy who just emailed me was a non-starter. So I, I you know, said thank you, that was it, went home. Um, this was in, I think it was in, in August, and then in March, um, I read headlines coming up on different various Android websites that they had created this startup and it was this app that was some sort of lock screen app. Um, And I'd been hearing about it for a while and I was like, okay, that's cool. And then in March I read the headline, oh, they've been bought by Twitter for 14 million Um, and Twitter bought them. I assume it was a talent acquisition because they bought them, they shut the app down and that was the end of it. Um, But yeah, my my big claim to fame or big mistake was that if I had (laughs) said yes and I probably only had to hang around for about seven months, I I could have not... (laughs) I could have that could have been the end of my development career, and I could be on a beach somewhere right now. So <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah,
1: this is this is life for you. You made a choice. Yes. You made the pragmatic choice, which uh,
0: could have gone your way, right? It's possible. Yeah, you, yeah, you could have you never been there, and nothing would have happened. Exactly, exactly. It was, it was. Yeah, it wasn't even a fifty-fifty. Like the fact that that could have happened was the minute chance. But it's always those are always the ones that if you don't right. take them, you might regret it. So.
1: So in California, what happens here is that if you are one of those people who get picked up by these incubators or yeah. these venture capital funds, you uh, just a few million here and there, that's yeah. pretty easy. So, yeah. um, um, you know, an exit, but an exit yeah. is a good thing to have so that you can do other things. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So that, that's pretty good. However, what you're doing is super exciting. Yeah. You you have become an independent consultant or freelancer focusing on a very narrow set of technologies. Sure. But we're going to talk about that later. Okay. Because uh, that's super exciting, and we really need to talk about it. But before that, I want to know how you got started. What happened to you one day you said, I want to be a developer? Did you always think that you wanted to make, Make programs, make software. When did that happen for you?
0: Um, so yes, I think I always thought that i've always I was one of these people that when I was a kid, I was interested in computers and I was interested anything that was electrical. You know, if I could open up a stereo because it was broken and I could fix it, I would do it. Um and then I think probably, so here it would be, in sixth form, I think stateside, it's probably middle school or beyond that a little bit, so probably like 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, I had some programming classes which were teaching Pascal or, you know, ter- like not terrible, old programming languages, right? Um, and that got me really interested in the fact that I could basically build stuff that would work just from stuff that I coded. So I knew from then that this is probably the direction that I want to go in if I want to work with computers. Um so I did uh, A-levels, which would kind of be, I think, the the equivalent of finishing college. And then university, I did a computer science degree. Um, and one of the things that I really didn't like about the computer science degree, it was very, very little programming and lots of theory and business and data structures and all these kind of things. So when I finished that, I didn't really know programming, which is what I wanted to learn. But I managed to get a job as an IT consultant, which was basically um working on different projects mostly to do with um support so tech support for websites um building they taught me c sharp a little bit so i built some programs in c sharp i had to maintain a program that was written written in um visual basic six so i I imagine most of the people watching this will have no (laughs) idea what that is but again another ancient programming language that i was maintaining in 2011 so it wasn't that long ago right um but in my spare time i got an android phone And I was like, okay, this is cool. And I decided that I wanted to build stuff for it just for fun. So I started learning uh, Java again, started learning Java, started learning how to build Android apps, built terrible, terrible Android apps. You know, just scrolling a list would take 60 seconds because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But I kind of liked it. So I started building apps for myself, which were apps that I wanted to use. And then because I'd already built them, I started releasing them on the Play Store because my idea was if I like it, maybe someone likes it and, you know, being an absolute newbie at this stuff and getting five downloads is amazing so i started doing that and then they started to get a little bit of traction where you know instead of five downloads i was getting five thousand downloads so i was like okay this is quite cool um and the job that i had at the time as an it consultant i hated so i essentially quit that job with the idea that i'm going to give myself six months to find a way to make money doing android apps and my idea was, you know, I was going to build the next Facebook. That was how I was going to make the money, was, you know, <laughs> I was going to build an app, I'm going to release it, it's going to do great, and then mm-hmm. I'm finished. Um, that didn't work out, but what actually happened was I started getting roles doing contract work where companies would come to me, or I would go to them. For the, at the start, you have to go to people, so I think I got my first contract through Upworks, um, and I, there was a company advertising for an Android app to be built, and I was able, because I'd already built apps for myself, I was able to go to them and say, instead of saying, I have no experience, I was able to say, I've built these apps. You can go on the Play Store, you can download them, you can have a look. They've got great reviews, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that got me my first gig. And then after that, you know, your first gig supports your second gig and your third gig, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, So that's kind of how I got my start.
1: That's amazing. So that's the beauty of software development as a career not only that you can get jobs at high-tech companies like Facebook or a startup company where it's just starting out a new idea, or you Mm -hmm. could get a job at a a big corporation where you may be doing Visual Basic 6 or or something else that is super old but needs to be maintained. It's not exciting. It pays the bills. Sure. But also, you can just pick up jobs, pick up gigs, and... And then get really good at it and then start charging whatever you think you are worth.
0: Yeah, 100%. And you could say, no,
1: this is another thing that if you are an independent consultant or a freelancer, if you don't like a client, you can walk away. That's the beauty of of what we do. And and the fact that you have a degree and then you study this in college or university, as I mm-hmm. say over there in UK. So when you said um, A-level, that's like high school here. Yeah, yeah University yeah. is what you would, would call college. Sure. So it's a, um, you did it, but did that help you get a job? Did it help you at least get your first job?
0: So I would say yes and no. It helped me get the IT consultant job because they, the company that I worked for was a big company. They wouldn't hire you if you didn't have a degree. Regardless of whether you were good or not they would just like if you didn't have a degree you're not getting an interview You're not getting a job, but I what I always tell people now if they ask me should I go to like should I finish college? Because I want to be a software developer or should I go to college because or should I do a bootcamp blah 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 What I would say and what I tell people is that in my mind at least software development is a meritocracy So if you're good enough to get the skills regardless if you went through college or you learn from YouTube or Udemy or you know you did what I did which was just read the documentation and go and figure stuff out Um, for the most part companies don't care like nobody's most companies that well every single company that I've worked for so I can't talk for big big corporates like maybe if you want to work for IBM you need a degree to get the interview but for the most part all the companies that I work for they don't care if you have a degree Or if you finish college or if you finish high school they care can you do what you say you can do can you prove it to us so you know do you have portfolio or if i give you this technical test are you able to do it and aside from that like i've conducted interviews for companies that i've worked with to help them hire people that are going to be working on my team and at no point have i ever asked anybody do you have a traditional qualification quote unquote or How did you learn to code? Like if they know how to do it, they know how to do it. And I feel like that's good enough. So, you know, I think the choice choice is yours. There's lots of benefits to university and college outside of, you know, the technical things that you would learn in the experience, all that kind of stuff. But I would not say that it is a requirement. And in all honesty, if I could go back and skip the three years that I spent at university and all the student debt that I accumulated and just have started doing Android when I started university in my spare time instead, I would have done that. So...
1: That's crazy. Um, I thought that people in, in the U.K. didn't have to accumulate student debt to go to college. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> we, 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 accumulate, we accumulate a lot less, but we still accumulate yeah
1: yeah. So this is what happens to us is we want to go to the best college because we feel that it will give us the opportunity to get ahead, right? Yep. We want to stand out. Mm-hmm. So we may spend fifty, sixty thousand, eighty thousand, a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars on just getting a degree and at the end of it we have a degree. Mm-hmm. That's all that's all there is to it. Yeah. And then the day after that, you're expecting everybody to open their doors and give you money just because you have a degree. Now if you have a degree yeah. from Stanford or yeah. or MIT, you it may open doors for you. But for the vast majority of people, that doesn't happen. So the better use of your time is to become employable, right? To do something that... Now, the thing that what you said was was perfect, it's a meritocracy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so what happens now is if you can do the work and you can prove it, people will hire you. But then that leaves out a whole lot of people that never got a chance to work on something because they didn't have guidance they didn't have mentorship or yeah. they just don't know where to start or maybe they tried it didn't work yeah. but a lot of those people can still succeed so your first job how did you mm-hmm. get your first job because you have zero experience you said you didn't yeah. learn much in in university right you didn't yeah. learn a whole lot you you were learning but it wasn't exactly something that the employers wanted yeah. you still needed to get a job so how did you get yes.
0: your first job so to get my first job, to get my first job specifically in Android development, um, I got that by, so I'd quit my job, I'd already released a few apps, they were doing okay, like they're not making me any money, they're not going to do anything special, but it's cool, right? Um, so I had about four apps on the Play Store, I had this app that got a lot of press when I released it and got the the Google guy to reach out to me about the startup, which I passed on. Um, And then at that point, I just started applying on Upworks, which I'd never used before. I went on there, I created a profile, and in the experience section, rather than saying, you know, I've worked for this company, and I've worked for this company because I haven't, I would put, I built this app, I built this app, here's a link to it, here's a link to a press article because somebody wrote about it, et cetera, et cetera. So when I went um, for, it it turned out that the company that I applied for on Upworks was a London-based company, so I was able to go and meet them. And when I went to speak to them, they had, they basically had no questions for me about experience because I guess the fact that they could see I built this stuff right. and they could literally go and play with it was good enough. So they just asked me questions like, this is what we want you to do. Can you do it? Yes. Um, this is how long you've got to do it can you deliver it in that time so I was like yes because I'm never going to say no if I have to work 24 hours a day to get my first gig then I'll probably just do that um, and that that's basically how it worked out so the big thing for me not having like official experience and not having a degree because at the time you couldn't even get a degree in mobile development that wasn't a thing it was so new so I couldn't even say to them like oh I have a computer science degree in mobile development because it wasn't a thing Um, But the fact that I was able to say to them, I do have experience, here it is, it's just not, you know, quote-unquote official, was good enough. And that's basically how I got my first job.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You're never going to be able to get a certification or a degree that will keep you at the edge of technology, right? Because Mm -hmm. it takes time to develop these courses. People who are teaching you, they have to know it and they're mm-hmm. always going to be behind the the technology yes. trend. So yeah. if you want to be ahead of the curve, you you have to you have to be a trailblazer. And one of the ways you did that was by making apps. That's fantastic. And you're releasing mm-hmm. it, not just making it on your own computer, but you released it. Yeah. Releasing things that is another thing that is appreciated. Yeah. If you can finish something because there're lots of things that you would have encountered only after going through the release process
0: one hundred percent there there was also the fact that a lot of people, even now on their on their job app, um job specs they'll put they want a candidate that's been through the whole release process, so they don't just want somebody that knows how to write the code, they want somebody that understands the release process that you know the fact that there's this feedback loop and you have to fix bugs and how do you roll things out and how do you stage rollouts and all that kind of thing so the fact that you release stuff and I would also say. One of the things that separated me in my very, like, probably first three or four gigs that I got was the fact that I was the only candidate that actually had apps released. Nobody else had app. They they had apps that so they could say, I worked for this company, but they didn't have anything. That was like, I built this whole thing from scratch. I released it. It's on the Play Store. I maintain it, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes a big difference. And And the thing that I like about that is then... It doesn't matter if you're an Android developer, an iOS developer, a web developer. You can still build stuff and release it. Like, there's nobody telling you you can't do it. So there's no reason not to do it, even regardless if you go to college or not. Like, a college degree plus I've built five websites that are on the Internet, and you can go and use them. Like, that that would separate you from the person that just has a college degree. So
1: That's right. And so why wait? Right now, if you're in college, you're a sophomore... Start working on it now. So it will take you a long time to get to a place mm-hmm. where you have an accomplishment. So start wherever you are. Mm-hmm. If you are, I would say, if you are fifteen years old and you're listening to this right now, start yeah. now. <laughs> there is, yeah, agreed. You don't need a permit. You don't need my permission or someone else to tell you yeah. you're old enough to do it. You can do it if if you can understand what I'm talking about. You can do it. Mm-hmm. So. This is great. What we talk about in this podcast a lot is that the first job that you get, Mm -hmm. usually that first job is all about getting your foot in the door, kind of. It's like, you just want to be in an environment where you can establish yourself as a developer. It may not be a perfect job. In your case, it wasn't the greatest job, Mm -hmm. but it it established yourself as someone who's doing this professionally. Perhaps Mm -hmm. you... Perhaps you were in the company of other people, you could have these conversations and the best thing that you learn when you're working, and you can also learn that in college, is how to communicate, how to express yeah. opinions, how to write, how to give a talk, things like that.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Which is which are things that you can use for the rest of your life. So after you got your first job, you said, Okay, um this isn't exactly what I wanted to do. Then you moved on. Mm-hmm. So what did you do after that?
0: Um, so after I got my first job, and I, I just started building I just started building apps and releasing them. That was it. I, I gave myself a goal, which was I have six months, and my goal is I need to make £500 a month, which is not a huge amount of money for, for reference um, for anybody listening in other parts of the world. The salary that I was on before would have been £1,700 a month. Mm-hmm. So I was basically quitting to take no money, and saying if I can somehow make 500 pounds a month in six months' time, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do this new career path and I'm gonna be an Android developer. And if I can't do it, I'll go and figure out another job. And you know, love it, just not, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's
1: great, it's awesome. I, this is exactly what all of us should do. So you said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna prove that this is viable, right? That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, nobody yes. nobody can live off of 500 pounds even yeah. a month. I think you're talking about over six months.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, yeah, exactly. It wasn't even about the money. It was the fact that if I can make one pound, then I can make two pounds. And then eventually I can get to wherever it is that I need to be. And if I can make no money, then maybe it's just not good for me. Maybe I'm not selling myself very well. Maybe Mm -hmm. I need to go and get a job and take a year and figure it out like that way. Right. But my, my goal was as long as I can make some money, I can figure out how to make more. And like you said, once you have your foot in the door then opportunities are easier to come by after that. So the first one's super hard. I can go zero pounds for six months. And then as soon as I get that first gig, the second one's easier because I can say, well, you can talk to these guys and I did a good job for them. So, you know, and then it just rolls on from them. And then once once you're in that position, there isn't really a going back. Like you're not going to take a job that you really enjoy doing and say, I'm going to stop doing this because something else that I'm going to hate doing nine to five is going to pay me more money. So, you know, you just, you figure it out.
1: Especially when you're young, when you're in your 20s, this is the time to take chances.
0: 100%. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. Yeah. Don't hold yourself back. If you failed, well, you would have failed anyway if you didn't try. But what you have yeah. right now is, is as, as Rob, as you're describing, you took a chance on yourself, believed in yourself. Yeah. You can do it because you believe in it. Now, all you have to do is to prove it. Prove to yes. yourself that this is viable. Now, any amount of money—five hundred pounds or a hundred pounds or whatever mm-hmm. it is—if mm-hmm. you can make it, then you know you can scale it. This, exactly. if you yeah. spend this much effort to get this far, but maybe you can yeah. do it in a different way. So it, it just proves yeah. it. I think I love it because then you just double down on. It. Is that what you did? So you said I'm an Android that- developer. That's that's my yeah. that is my brand now.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Like after that first one, I was like, right, this is it. I've I've got somebody's actually paying me to do something that I learned how to do in my spare time. So that's it. I'm an Android developer. And then you know, it's like once you have a job title, even if it's in your head, that's all you see. So then you start seeing opportunities that you might have not seen before because you're like, well, I'm not really sure. Am I this or am I this or am I you know something else? I was like, I'm an Android developer, and that was 2012, and it's 2020, and I'm still an Android developer.
1: So. That's great. Um, and now, it could have happened that you, maybe you could have become a Windows app developer. Yeah. <laughs> we had Windows phones back then, but we that did. disappeared. But even even if you picked Android or some yeah. technology that disappeared, yeah. whatever you learn from that, you mm-hmm. can transfer it over to whatever comes next. 100%. Like, if, I, if I ever- had... Yeah. Never lose. Gonna... Uh, there's no such thing as bad experience.
0: When it comes well, to software. That, that, that's the other thing that's good about software development is not only is it a meritocracy, but whatever you learn. If I had done Windows phones and Windows phones disappeared, I could still take everything I learned minus the very specific parts to building a Windows phone app and I could take it to Android apps or I could take it to iOS apps or I could take it somewhere else. Because you know, there's so many things around software development and the I would say the easiest thing to learn is the language, and the hardest thing to learn is everything around that. How do you think about building stuff? How do you put things together? How do you make them scale? All of those things are universal, because languages change all the time. Like, I was doing Visual Basic 6 in 2011, and then I was doing Java, and now as an Android developer, I'm doing Kotlin. And, you know, if Android goes away, I'm going to be doing something else. But all of my experience doesn't just disappear because it's very specific to one thing. And, And I would also say that, a lot of the developers that I worked with early on, um, they, that senior developers, they were Flash game developers, and Flash games disappeared because of mobile. So they became mobile developers. They didn't, they didn't just lose all of that experience doing Flash and have to start from scratch. They brought all of that over and just changed the language. So,
1: and if you're having a good time, you're not, Every st- every moment of your day is not going to be fun, no matter what you yes. do. But if you're yes. in general, you're enjoying whatever you're creating then all of this is worth it. 100%. So this is is awesome. Now, when when you're learning, so a question that comes to my mind, and I think that some of the listeners may be thinking about this too, how did you learn? Did you watch other people's videos doing stuff? Mm -hmm. Are you somebody who likes to learn
0: through books or Mm -hmm. just look at blogs? So... It's changed over the years. When I started, my thing was I like to learn through doing. So I just, like, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't do tutorials. What I would do is I'd have an idea in my head. I want to build this app, and then I'd break it down into parts. All right, if I want to build this part, I have to learn how to do this. I'd go and find a tutorial online somewhere that shows you how to do this, and then I'd just try and figure out how to get it to this very specific Im- implementation that I want. So a lot of it was kind of trial and error. But then again, through that, you learn things that you didn't mean to learn, because if I just tried to learn very specific narrow thing. I wouldn't have made mistakes and learned don't do this but this thing that you shouldn't do is probably useful in this other situation. Um, now one of the things that I really like is I mean I still I still learn through doing. That's that's the best way that I find to learn um, but YouTube is a great resource which I think it probably was in 2011 but it wasn't super on my radar but now if I want to know how to do something I can go to YouTube I can type in exactly what I want and somebody's given a tutorial about how to do it and then I can go and take that and figure out how to use it in the specific way that I want.
1: Yeah. There are so many resources now. Yeah. When I started software development <laughs> there was not a lot um that, that that was available. Most people learn through books. Yeah. And I love I love reading books. So and I think books are, are still very useful because they, they are comprehensive, right? They're referenced. Yes. Materials, yes. however, they're out of date almost all the time.
0: All the time, yeah. And but then again, so so are the YouTube videos. Like whoever's posting a tutorial in a YouTube video today, mm-hmm. in six months' time, some part of that is now different. Yeah, like it's that—that's the nature of software development.
1: And that's where tinkering comes in. So when you say learn <laughs> by doing, and yeah. you're going to learn something from a book or or a YouTube video or maybe even a yeah. blog, and you'll try to do the same thing and invariably something will go wrong <laughs> because yeah. something changed. Uh, a framework yeah. changed, a library yeah. changed, and now you have to figure it out. And this is one of the hardest things in software, however, persist, and mm-hmm. and uh, you may be able to find answers. Sometimes it takes hours, days, sometimes mm-hmm. weeks to solve yeah. these
0: problems. Yeah, in but, in real life as well, not just when you're learning, like right. even gaming. Getting paid as a professional, sometimes it takes hours, days, or weeks to figure out usually what ends up to be the smallest, minute, really stupid, this comma was in the wrong place kind of thing. But again, mm-hmm. like once you've learned that once, you're not going to make that mistake again. So you you learn through doing.
1: Yeah. So it, that's what happens in, in software. You've gone to sort of what I consider an alternative path. Instead of mm-hmm. going into a big company and going up through the ranks and doing yeah. whatever is needed and then moving up in maybe not retiring but, but going to a, a very high position in that company. That's usually
0: yeah.
1: how people think about their careers. But you've decided yes. to take it, um, take the reins of your career as we, um, so to speak, and then you are now going out and getting your project. So two questions come to my mind. One is... Sure. How do you get your projects? I know you got your first project mm-hmm. from from a company that just that was lucky, right? It could' have yes. been in Thailand and you wouldn't have Minus a chance thing, yeah. to be in an office. but in yeah. this case, you got your first break good, yeah, but now you have to continually generate leads, yeah so that you have a pipeline, and if you're mm-hmm. working by yourself, that's going to be very hard to get mm-hmm. your sales going as, as well as actually performing. How do you yeah. manage that?
0: So most of the work, I would say that I've... So one of the things that I feel like is a misconception about freelancing is that, in my mind at least, there's two types of freelancers, which is traditional kind of... Um, I go and find clients, they give me money, I build something, I give it to them at a certain point of time. And in between, I do whatever I want, right? If I want to go to Thailand and work from a beach, I can do that. Um, and then the other kind of freelancing is contract work which is a company brings you in to say be part of this team help us build this product for three months six months and and then they obviously they pay you as you go and what I do primarily is contract work so I found the first project which was that kind of go and build us this app give it to us when it's when it's done don't talk to us in between and then after that I started applying for contract roles the same way you would apply for a job so I was able to say, I worked for this company because i just finished working for them doing their, doing their project. I was able to say I had all these apps I'd already built, and I managed to get a contract job. Um, and then after you've got one, the way that I get my gigs now is I basically just leverage recruiters. So you use LinkedIn, make sure your profile's up to date, make sure your CV's good. As soon as I change my status on LinkedIn from, you know, working for a company to this role is now finished, you suddenly get, you know, 10 recruiters will email me and say, hey, Rob, Got this role here I've got this role here I've got this role here you know do you want to are you interested in any of those and that's basically how I find work there's been a few occasions where I found work through word of mouth so I've done work for somebody somebody else needs work done um, but the primary way that I do it is just leveraging recruits because it's their job to find people roles including contract roles um, and is that they're, they're inclined to want to help you find a role because they get paid when you find a role and also it makes it much easier because then I don't have to go out and do this whole sales pitch of, you know, hire me, hire me. Mm-hmm. They're able to essentially they do the sales pitch for you and then all I have to do is when I go to the interview, I have to present that I actually know what I'm talking about and I know I can do the job that they want me to do. Um and then, you know, as long as as long as you can get that across in the interview, then you're golden.
1: Yeah, that's good. And that happens here in the US as well. Sure. What I've noticed is that a lot of times companies hesitate, especially large companies, hesitate to mm-hmm. hire independent freelancers, yeah, they'd rather work with their official vendors, or yeah, they would want to hire you. so it happens very frequently where they might say, "Okay, we'll hire you, but if you like you, you have to actually join us as an employee, as a full time yeah. employee and yeah and uh not be an independent contractor so. How did you manage to say stay independent? Is that easy over there or is it something that you had to fight for?
0: Um, I never had to fight for it. I, I would say it's fairly easy, but I think it's mostly how... how I, I would say it's how do you want to live, right? The way that, like, I do contract work. I'm, not do, I'm doing it because I enjoy building Android apps. I'm not doing it because I get paid loads of money and I want to be rich. So the way that I... And I like traveling. So my thing is I used to take a gig is three months or let's say it's six months so I'll take that gig for six months and then I'll go travel for six months and the company because like, the contract's only six months at the end of that six months you have the opportunity to say um, you know I would like to stay they have the opportunity to say we would like to keep you but neither of you are obliged to say I have to stay and also the, the thing that I really like about contract work is if I don't like a contract or if, if, I, if I do three months and I'm done I don't want to do any more I don't have to quit that's the one thing that I don't like about permanent employment is that it's really, like, it's really hard if you get a role and then, you know, they change the project you're working on and you don't like it. Are you really going to quit that role because I want to go and work on a different project and go to another company and the same thing could happen? But with contract work, I can take a role that sounds really interesting. I could get there and it could be really, really boring. But I'm only there for three or six months. And then after three or six months, I can just say, you know, I don't want to renew. Thank you. Go do something else. Um so yeah that, that's basically the way that I approach it so that way there's not really any pressure either side and my thing is I try and not take any contracts on that I feel like I wouldn't enjoy because I don't want to have to quit I want to finish it so I take I, I try and screen them as best as best as I can if I like them I do it if it's not what I thought it was it's not a long time that I have to spend there before I'm done and both sides are happy because I did the work they wanted and you know I get to go and do something else now
1: that's a very good point and I'm glad that you were able to do that. Um, in my experience, what happens a lot of times, at least here in, in the States, mm-hmm. yeah. is that that's not always possible to do unless you're in a very specific location. Now, I think things have become mm-hmm. easier since the yeah. pandemic because now sure. everybody's remote. So, yeah, then it wouldn't matter where you live. Yeah but back in, i mean if you lived in in the rural area like you are right now yeah. it would be hard for you to to find uh, jobs so i think yeah. that's well, that's one positive at least of this yeah, situation definitely. yeah uh, so that's great and and so i uh, best of luck to you the the last question i want to ask you because i think sure. people are going to be thinking about it the first question we sure. already asked the second yeah. question is What's your long term future? Is that is that just is this exactly what you want to do 10 years from now? You're going to be doing exactly the same thing or mm-hmm. this is a, a path or a process for you. And you see yourself in a different place a few years down the line.
0: That's that's a really good question. I, I think primarily um, like speaking about this and, and thinking about it most recently. I enjoy building Android apps and I imagine when Android goes away there'll be something else and I'll enjoy building that too. So it's definitely what I want to do. I think the way that I want to do it might change slightly where I think I'm less inclined to want to take contract work where it's, you know, you work Friday uh, Monday to Friday between these times and you're kind of like an employee but not quite um I think the thing that I would enjoy most going forward and I think what I'm going to try and push for is project-based work. So you give me a project, you want me to build you an app, this is how much it costs, deliver it in three months. And in three months, I give you the app. And in between, you know, if I, if I want to go to Thailand and work from a beach or, you know, if I want to go to the gym at 11 o'clock in the morning and take an hour off and then come back and work later, I can do that. Um, but as a, as a whole, what I'm doing now is what I enjoy to do. So the manner of how I do it might change slightly, but, but the actual work is, is what I want to continue to do.
1: Yeah, this is fantastic. Um, you 're not thinking of going into management or
0: hiring people I, I I am trying to stay as far away from that as possible i i've worked the The benefit also of being a contractor is you get to work very really closely with management in other places because as soon as you go in if you 're quite senior as a developer, mm-hmm. you kind of get treated as a kind of managerial sort of position so i 've kind of seen how that works, and the the amount of coding that I do in a role now is probably. Ninety percent coding ten percent meetings. if I went the managerial route from what I've seen, it's probably you know seventy percent meetings and thirty percent coding, so that is definitely not something that I want to do and as long as really I think as long as it's financially viable for me to not have to do that, I would absolutely rather just be in front of a computer and coding
1: that's good. you're enjoying it, you're having a good time. Why stop? Yeah, <laughs> that's great, okay, so. This has been a really, really, really good conversation with Rob Rob Joseph, who's a freelance Android developer out in the U.K., and he is killing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and I think that a lot of people who are watching or listening right now, they might be thinking, hmm, I want to be like Rob. What do I have to do? So if I want to get in touch with you, yeah. What what do they have to do to get a hold of you?
0: So I'm I'm pretty easy to find. Um, I'm on all social media at Low Carb Rob, carb as in carbohydrates. That's a long story, so we don't have to get into that. <laughs> but um, and aside from that, um, I have a podcast, um, the Coffee and Coding Podcast, which is specifically aimed at app developers, but really any developers might find something from it. Um, and you can also email me rob at coffeeencodingpod.com. dot com if anybody wants to email me, ask me questions, anything like that. I'm I'm very easy to talk to So, and I also want to say thank you very much for having me on because this was a really really fun conversation finally if you like the show you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review you can do that either via Apple Podcasts or via podchaser.com the link is in the show notes if you'd like to support the show you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com slash donate caffeine is literally what fuels this podcast If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter at LowCarbRob. And if you'd like to connect with like-minded developers and other listeners, you can do so in our Slack community at coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee Encoding Podcast.